think it was the last time that we had like a good chat like the last time we had like a building talk we like were on for like an hour and a half just like going through like just having such a good conversation about collaboration and building in this space and all of that and i'm like desperate to try to recreate that conversation here today that's awesome i'm glad to hear it i wish i could remember like what the hell i said (laughs) welcome everybody back to the carson daily show today i am here with matt who is the founder of young world a creative software engineering studio that specializes in growing web3 brands we're gonna ask matt a little bit more about like his background how Young World got started, um, what he used to do before it, what Young World has done already, what they're working on, all that crap. But I'll just say also, like, full transparency, why we're here, how we've met. We've worked together on awesome stuff before. We have brainstormed awesome stuff before. Young World is my, like, go-to dev brain trust and team um, to discuss all kinds of, you know, ideas and opportunities. They help me build things. They help me bring things to life. Um, they're awesome. They're creative collaborators, which you don't find a lot of in like the dev space. I think that's maybe like an archetype or like a generalized statement that's starting to fade away in web three and with like building decentralized applications. But I do think that in a traditional sense, you know, when you're working with a development team, an engineering team, you're really giving them the plan and they're building it to the exact kind of specs and reference that you're providing them, which is why I really love working with Young World because a lot of times I'll be like, I know what it is. I'll know what it is when I see it, but I don't know fully like what it is. So I've been going on and on talking. Matt, welcome. Welcome to the Garson Daily Show. How you doing? Check in, say hello, all that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, I, I appreciate the kind words. I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of credence to what you're saying. And I think, you know, traditionally uh, working with software engineers is not uh, an easy task. Uh, we're typically like not very good at communicating. We're typically, you know, well, definitely in the Web three space. You know, you ask for something, and it's like, okay, well, show me the money first, and and, yeah. and then we'll start to talk. So, so I kind of take some pride in that. I think, um, you know, I enjoy talking to people, even though I'm, you know, definitely an introvert. So I like showing up, and uh, I think definitely one of my strong suits has always been being able to sort of distill all of this stuff, all of this like technical complexity down to like things that people can understand. Cause if you can't do that, then, you know, people don't have any idea what you're talking about. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm doing cool. good. We're, uh, we're Love still it. here. We're still building and, yes. uh, and doing stuff. So, yeah. Which is good. for people who are not like part of the like n- kind of, ongoing, like crypto web three ecosystem, like, Every time we like the people who have been taking Zoom meetings with each other for like almost a year now, I think was like our first conversation. Anytime we like greet each other back over the screen or something, we're like, hey, it's good to see you. And like, we fucking (laughs) mean it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're still alive. You're still here. You're still, you know, you're you're still moving. So you still have a roof over your head. Yeah. All that shit. Um, Okay. It's so funny. But um, yeah, we are going to talk about like maybe how we got to start working together and like some of the cool things that we've done. Just so you know, like this podcast, me, myself, you happen to be like coming into my monthly scheduled, like soul searching kind of existential crisis. So this podcast might be like way more chaotic and less outlines than usual. What does that mean? What is the what's the soul searching about? I just feel it was funny. I, I was just gonna say I, I couldn't believe that I, I was coming on the show because I was like, you know, I always kind of you know monitor, see what you're up to, and I was like, wow, I just got some like some really impressive guests coming on. And they're like, I think I might get canceled before it's my time to go on. So, oh my god, is, they're uh, so funny. funny. No, I love that. Thank you. I have had some cool people on. Jack Butcher is definitely gonna like up my clout in the game. I think we had a really good conversation. He gave me some good flowers. He's a cool guy to talk to, by the way. But you're a super cool guy to talk to. Like, that's why we're doing this, because we've got cool stuff coming on. But um, I wanted to ask, like, okay, what 
so tell people like tell us tell me oh wait i want to answer your question first you said what does soul searching mean i just feel like every time i go on like i don't know when i first started this podcast i was so i can talk forever right i can talk all the time i love talking about this stuff but i was like who cares who's listening do i care even like what am i going to talk about how am i going to ask these these questions and have these conversations but i realized like like I said, the Zoom call, the last time we were on a call together, like that itself could have been a podcast episode, like what we were talking about. Like, so I'm starting to have where I'm having this existential crisis is like, I want these to be like open format. I want them to be conversations and questions. I want to give people like a peek into like my life and the things that are cool because the things that I'm doing that are cool in, you know, on the blockchain and in Web3 are just, sorry, like no bias, but they just are cool. Like that's just me. That's just where I come from. I just do cool shit and I have good ideas. Totally. So <laughs> that's what we're and, talking about. And I think about. the... the... <laughs> The funny thing, too, is um, people don't get a lot of insight into, like, you know, people talk, or, or at least, like, the Twitter meta is always like, okay, well, you know, well, this month, it's like, founders just fucking suck. But uh, people have no idea, like, what people that are actually building, you know, quote-unquote, Web3 businesses are actually doing, or, like, what does your day-to-day -day even look like? Like, is it a joke? Are you really doing stuff? Like, we can maybe answer some of those questions and, and give people maybe some Maybe we can, so. although my day-to-day... <laughs> has looked a bit yeah some days it's definitely like people don't need to know people don't need to know how cool like and chilled and relaxed my life is <laughs> but like i've earned that because there was a long time for a year for 18 months straight that i was on fucking 80 milligrams of adderall waking up at nine in the morning and sat on my computer until two in the morning like so anybody that has a problem with the fact Wait. that i like to wake up leisurely do a peloton ride make some eggs do the dishes and then do my silly little tasks for the day for an hour and a half if anybody has a problem with that they can fucking fuck off <laughs> Wait, so are you saying that your life is more chill now, like post Web three, than it I mean, was I, before? I mean, I mean, I think I'm during? in a no. I'm in like a different like Web three trajectory, like a different part of my Web three trajectory. Like when I first, so before Web three, obviously, I was working like my nine to five at a tech and entertainment startup, like very fun over the three years that i was there i went from being i was employee number three so i went from being an associate like marketing coordinator to literally being like the youngest person and only woman sat in the executive room on the executive team as the director of brand development so i think like my time there came in waves of like being super busy and also like kind of once you get to the top you're like Oh, I can just kind of do whatever the fuck I want. That's cool. And then when I quit and started my own, you know, Web3 marketing consulting agency, it was like nonstop grind, right? Like from my days were so organized. I'd be like, okay, I work on this client stuff from nine to noon. I work on this client stuff from 12 to three, this client from three to six, and then from six to nine, catch up on all my emails, do everything else. And then, you know, maybe find time to work on like my own stuff and my own brand. And it was just like, that was a constant grind for so long. And now that I've like stepped back a bit and I've been, you know, working with, working on Kid 8 stuff with him and which people should know by now if they're listening, like that's my lover, my partner, my friend. And like, we work on that. So we decide like, we tend to figure out like when we both are going to be in this like deep flow of working and it takes a lot of it is like he has to do the art and then I have to figure out how to bring that art to market. So yeah. And then I have this podcast, but I would say now I'm like, I, I burnt myself out is like the short version. Like the long story less long is like I burnt myself out and now I value my time a lot more because I realized that like nothing's fucking as urgent here as it needs to be like everybody thinks everything and even you can attest to this like we'll get into like there's been so many ideas and so many things to build and once you're like okay you really look at the product 
you're like, nobody is going to appreciate this. Like, this is too far ahead of its time. Like, you have to kind of like, you, you kind of have to play it safe and play the game because you can spend a lot of money to build something really fucking awesome and really innovative that will fall completely fucking flat on its ass because nobody in the space is there yet consciously and like maturity wise, the space is just not there. So it just can't handle it. But yeah, anyways. But okay, yeah, so that's a good that, question. That part what is, is super hard. Yeah, what is your day to day? What has your day to day been like? Like building in the bull market or the tail end of a bull market, building in a bear market? Like what has that been like for you? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny. The reason I asked is because my like trajectory has kind of ended up in a very similar boat to yours where it's like, you know, I when when I started in Web3, I was working for Amazon. And so it was like this balancing act where you're like, okay, well, I've got you know, this very busy day already. And then I'm layering in this Web3 stuff wherever I can fit it. And now that I'm kind of like in the driver's seat and really getting to decide like what opportunities do we work on and, and what do we want to do today? Like, you know, when you're your own boss, uh, you, you pretty much get to be like, all right, well, I can define my own schedule and fit like everything else in between. So it's, um, I would say like schedule wise, it's kind of easier, but stress wise, it's like the, the stress 100%. is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the opportunities to fall flat on your face without like a golden parachute are like, yeah, it's like, we could just, we could just go under like any day so um yeah literally yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like ooh, are we still in business yeah. next week who knows it's a surprise yeah, it's like, roll the like, dice <laughs> exactly so like we're gonna talk about some stuff today and i'll be like yeah like we're, we're doing great but like you said it's like there's so much um like within this space uh, there's a, a great drive to like succeed and do well uh, and part of that is like we just want to like we have these visions in our head we want to just like put it all out there like i want to build like the best thing but it kind of like it's counter to like everything they teach you in like startup school like you want to you know make an mvp you want something that's just like this basic thing that you can go and you know test to see like get some customer data Do customers even give a shit about this and i'm like well i'm passionate about it i yeah. love it i think it's the greatest thing ever and they could be like Go fuck or are dude, there like, even customers like, like are there even customers yeah. for the product right now that part too and will there even be customers still standing a month from now like we went from you know i think when when a lot of these for uh, when a lot of these ideas formulated we had certain expectations about what the market was and where it would be and then it was like the greatest rug pull of all time. It was like, you know, FTX and now it's this and it's Silicon Valley Bank. And it's just like, it's, it's like, it, I mean, I guess that's like peak bear market vibes. And it's like, we're doing the right thing. Cause everybody's like, is there even, you know, is there even a blockchain anymore? And we're like, nah, I don't fucking know. <laughs> guess we'll find out. That's the title of this episode. Is there even a blockchain anymore? Okay. Just for people who don't know, like, can you give us a little like lesson about what is like in traditional world in like traditional business and entrepreneurialism what is like software engineering and what is like development and then what's the web three like what's the new evolution of that that incorporates blockchain technology and decentralized applications yeah, so um, I came from working. Uh, I spent a year working at AWS and, and Amazon, and like What's a lot AWS? of what I was. AWS is Amazon Web Services. So, like, basically, the whole internet pretty much runs on AWS. So, like Netflix, if you watch Netflix, all of Netflix runs on top of AWS. So it's all sort of they've got data centers all over the world. They write software. Is basically like Lego building blocks for software engineers like me. So instead of like, you know, probably back in, in the 1990s and early 2000s, if we wanted to stand up a website, like you wanted to stand up the GVOLS website, you would have to go buy like a, a, a server rack, install it in your house or your garage. You'd have to figure out all the network stuff. And now like all of that, we don't even have to think about it. And it means that we can iterate and prototype a lot faster. 
Um, but typically like software engineering in the web two world is like you're building some stuff and you're spitting it out onto a server and you're paying like monthly fees for that server to keep like responding to, you know, when you load up Instagram, it'll send a request to these servers and then get the data back. Uh, and then the counter to that, uh, at least for me, uh, with web three and blockchain and smart contracts is like, instead of writing an application and putting it on a centralized server somewhere and you have to know the IP address of that server and send the requests in, you can just write a smart contract. And now everybody that's running blockchain nodes basically has to like run that application for me. And I don't pay for, you know, data center upkeep costs. Like granted the, uh, the complexity of the software is probably uh, it's going to be simpler because we have to pay for gas. Um, and that's like, that's how we're paying those, those fees, but really you, you, you make the customer pay the fees. So it's kind of backwards and, and interesting and weird. Okay. Um, just to put into perspective, it does. Uh, you lost me at the end. That's fine. But, <laughs> but we're going to go back. Just, I want to ask like to put into perspective, how long ago, I mean, to your knowledge, maybe you don't know the answer to this question, I bet you do. How long ago was that, that like if people wanted to set up a website, they would have to physically like build their own server, like in their garage or whatever before AWS? Like, are we talking this is the 90s? Are we talking this is early 2000s? When is that? Well, so uh, Amazon Web Services, I think, and and probably some internet historians are just going to flame me uh, in, in the comments. No internet section, historians I think, are you know, Amazon was... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you will see. Uh, Amazon was formed in, I think it was like 1997, and they built all this stuff to make Amazon.com work. And then from there, they were like, oh, shit, we can sell this stuff to you know these other people that might want to use it. And I think... Amazon Web Services, maybe like 2004, 2007, something like that, where like there were there were two services, I think, that they launched initially, which was uh, virtual machines in the cloud. They call it EC2. Um, but basically, that was like the first example of like, oh, you can spit a, a server out into the cloud and you don't have to worry about it. Amazon's going to make sure that that happens. Um, so basically, like any time before that, like probably year 2000, people were still uh, managing data centers. And and still there are companies that are managing their own data centers for whatever reasons. Right. Um, but well, I, pretty much I, like if you talk to... If you talk to a developer now, they'd be like, hell no. Like, they're, they're <laughs> Well, I think like it's crazy. I only ask because it's crazy to put that into perspective. Like we're not even talking about 20 years ago. Like and think about how easy it is. Like I would bet that within five minutes I can have a domain registered and and up in the world that you I could say, Matt, OK, go to www.ididthisinfiveminutes.com if that art doesn't already exist and you could see a real website like fully like with templates and content and whatever else i mean it might be fucking laura and epsom like text filler or whatever or like stock images but you can do that like instantly and i think people like take for granted or you know underestimate like how far we've come in that regard where like at one point people probably thought like no the only way to have my own host my own website is to literally build a server that runs in my garage that uses my electricity and blah blah blah, blah like have all that knowledge and now you can do it yourself like there are these like self kind of these self auton these self automated that's the word it took me a minute to get there programs where you can do the things in minutes that used to take like a lot of that had a big barrier to entry and i think like there's got to be something there in terms of like adoption of web3 don't you think or adoption of blockchain technology Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that any of us would be spitting out, you know, sort of the projects that we're doing without all of this tech. Like, you know, we leverage Shopify to do, you know, e-commerce. So we leverage, you know, whatever, you know, tool it is to launch these websites. Um, we definitely wouldn't be able to move as fast, but it's definitely a double-edged sword. You know, back in, you know, before, you know, these, these cloud platforms, like you would just be, you'd be like the one guy that's responsible for like, I know where the wires go in the server rack that's your job and you're like really good at it and you don't have to think about anything else but now you have to know about 
like everything because it's like okay well we have all these tools and we have to know we need to know about like routing we need to know about web applications there's no smart like it's so many things and then you'll see uh you know, certain uh twitter personalities and they're like oh you're you're being lied to you should be you should be a developer this week like just go watch this video on javascript and it's like Jesus Christ, like, no, there's like, there's a ton of stuff that people are responsible for now. So it's cool, but it's also like, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that uh, that you have to be aware of, uh, even just to run a Web3 business. Hundred percent, and I swear to God, we are eventually going to get to like the actual work that you guys do. But these like heady kind of conversations are so fun. But like, you brought something up. Like somebody on Twitter can randomly be like, "Here's a thread that has fucking sixteen thousand impressions." That's like how to become your own Java JavaScript developer overnight. Like, and how to do this, and how to do all of these. There's so many resources and tools out there. And now, like, I want to get your thoughts on like chat gpt and chat gpt4 and all these ai tools that exist that are like look anybody can be a developer so you have that like there's this is one side of of kind of the the fucking pot or whatever one side of the table and on the other side you have that like dev cost especially in web3 can be really high which i think we can get into a little bit part of it is like sentiment and part of it was the market like with you have supply and demand like the demand for decentralized applications and decentralized platforms for people to build out their nft or web3 projects or games or whatever was in high demand and the number of people who were able to execute on that vision was quite low and it was you know pretty it was pretty much a very rare thing a very rare like profession basically or skill set so you got to have we have these two completely different spectrums like where does this all connect like what is true about either of those statements what is false like give me your thoughts on all this because i'm fucking lost yeah um <laughs> no, you're right. Like it was definitely uh it was a seller's market when it came to uh blockchain engineering. Uh I like to think that we were <laughs> pretty reasonable about uh you know our prices and what we You guys people, are, I will say. You guys <laughs> but, are. That's why we always go was, to uh, you first. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's it's you know you try to be reasonable with people, but it was definitely like you're totally right. Um it was a tough space and uh and now it's interesting um uh, with with AI coming into play like I feel like uh, probably about a year ago, the AI conversation, well, I mean, it definitely wasn't anywhere near what it is now. And, you know, from the developer's perspective, I think we're all sort of starting to to look at ourselves and kind of scratch our heads because it was like this week uh, in the open AI seminar, whatever the live stream was, you know, you start to see them. They're like, OK, well, I just drew this website. And I told ChatGPT to build it and then it built it and like here's the website. So like developers go fuck yourselves. And it's like I think I think it's interesting. It's like to me, I can sort of see the lines where, you know, maybe the AI was trained on, you know, these blocks of code that are out there on the internet. Like if I go and do some Google searching, I can find like, okay, how do I add a button to a website? How do I make that button do something? And like ChatGPT can go and, and sort of look through that stuff. So are we at like matrix level, you know, AI domination? Like, I don't think so, but I think you can also imagine like a couple of years from now, like AI is probably going to be way better than it is right now. And it probably is going to replace, you know, some of the work um, that we're doing. Uh, but that being said, I have conversations with, uh, I have a lot of friends just kind of in the area that do the same sort of degenerate shit that I do. Like we don't work normal jobs and we just think about, you know, these moonshots all the time. Um, but I think uh, I was actually having an interesting conversation last night uh, with a buddy of mine about AI. And I think one of the things that AI is going to take a long time to really address at least to me is like human empathy and understanding and being able to sort of predict how like people's minds work like ChatGPT and midjourney and and all these ais they're really good if you tell it exactly what you want um maybe that will change but you know if, if you're not a creative person 
you know, you, you can't, uh, you can't get the outputs that you want. And if you're not a driven person that, you know, I know a lot of really talented AI artists in the space, like they are doing the work. It's with a different brush, but they're doing, you know, really interesting stuff. And, uh, we have kind of a, a running joke in my circles, like, you know, in a couple of years, your resume is going to have like, you know, what languages do you speak? It's like, you know, maybe Java and I speak Spanish and I also know how to talk to AIs. Like, uh, they can see that happening. It's so true. It's like what we were getting at, like what I mentioned in kind of this intro to like introduce who you were. It was that like the opportunity to like have a creative collaborator. I mean, it's the same way. Like I, I just feel like every like tech advancement or development, like in in one way or another is like on a path to like take down devs and like take the devs jobs because like even what we were talking about with you know you can go on squarespace or wordpress or wix or whatever and you can have a template like you do not need to speak to or collaborate with converse with a, a developer or an engineer at all and you can launch a website, you can launch a storefront, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like you do not have to at all. But who do you think it was that built those things? Like who do you think it was? <laughs> why do you think that's possible? Because devs existed and because they made it first. And like, I think that's such an important piece where you talk about empathy and sentiment is that like they, because developers and engineers understand things like customer journeys and marketing and sales and all of these different areas that make up a business and a successful business at that, those are the skill sets. Those are the insights that then make good products and that make products where you don't then need the developers. So like, I just think that that should all be kept in mind when we're talking about AI and, you know, using technology to kind of cut corners and surpass these things. It's like, it's not a bad thing necessarily. Like, yeah, it's going to cut some people out. It's going to cut out some middlemen, but how did we get there in the first place? Like you said, a dev did that and an AI read that and was able to kind of reformulate it and repackage it and, and share it out with whoever the other user is, is trying to work on it. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, we definitely, uh, we're working ourselves out of a job, I guess, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you ask yourself like, uh, like what job is not replaable by AI? Like, I, I don't I can't really think of, I, I really beg of, of one, AI, like, I beg of AI to take my job. Like I fucking beg of you. I will keep doing what I have to do right. to be like the personality or whatever, but I beg of you to take my job. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, maybe it will. I feel like, you know, with AI, it's interesting. We don't really, I mean, maybe somebody, maybe Sam Altman, like, knows where this thing is going to take us. And I don't know exactly where it's going to go. But, you know, it's probably going to eliminate some jobs. It might eliminate my job. And then I'm going to have to go do something else. And, and it'll be interesting. It's like, you know, we thought the royalties were... Th I, I don't know start the well, we're not going to let that happen. But, yeah. We're not going to let that happen. <laughs> We're not. Okay, this yeah, is actually a good just, time uh, to stop the negative talk and tell us about tell us about Young World. Tell us about what makes it different. What do you guys do? What do you work on? Because we're not going to let that happen here today. We're not going to have an interview and a conversation that convinces both of us that we're both out of jobs and just, yeah, just we, we just both we just we both quit right out of this. Interview. We're like, well, uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's about it. That's all she wrote. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Okay. So tell us what Young World end. does. Tell us what you guys do. Tell us what sets you apart kind of from AI and from everybody else. Give us a little history and background. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, what we do different, what sets us apart is that we're, uh, we're incredibly scrappy. We're very creative. And uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we're very experimental. So we spent the last year, um, you know, just sort of building alongside uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but we've been building alongside um, some of the world's best cannabis cultivators, growers, distributors um, to build something that we think is, you know, we can bring in technology and Web3 and, and do something very interesting and innovative. Um, I think what sets Young World apart 
um, is our ability to to level with you, to have reasonable expectations. Like I, I've talked to so many um, other development companies or uh, marketing agencies in the Web3 space that were just like, they were way out here, like just so far away from like the real world in terms of pricing, in terms of expectations, like all that stuff. So um, we're just <laughs> normal guys that like to build cool shit um and uh yeah and we're, we're still here so i love that so you said like what well, your normal guys like to build cool shit i think like one thing that i really like respected about you guys is that you do seem to have like whether it is spoken or unspoken this kind of like guiding star of like we're only gonna work on things like i remember being really taken back by like our first conversation where you were pretty straight up you were like we're only really gonna do this if we think that this actually provides value like if it's fun to build and work on if it gives us a challenge if it presents a new opportunity in this space like talk a little bit about like what that do you guys is that like your guiding principles that your guiding star like how do you kind of work through that judgment process and say like this is a good person or a group of people to work with and this is a good project or this is something that like you would yeah maybe we could get paid for and make some money for it, but what does it actually do to progress like the space and the technology yeah so i think early on uh when we formed young world we were trying to figure out like what is this like are we so so you know is this an interesting new idea that we're a we're an engineering studio like we're you know we're this group of developers and it turned out that you know we were not uh, unique in doing that. Like there's been other companies, there's other companies that have done it uh, certainly bigger than us uh, for bigger projects than us. And so really had to ask ourselves, like, what are our guiding principles? Like, what do we want to get out of this whole thing? Um, and for me, it was always, you know, like the, the, yes, money is important. Money will always be important. Um, but outside of money, there are other things that are important too. Um, we always wanted to, whatever it is that we're doing, you know, maybe we're not working on the biggest project at any given time, but you try and sort of, um, you know, elevate your brand over time. And I look at, you know, try and study what other brands do in order to, you know, increase the perception of their brand and make people think, you know, you know, whatever we are, we want to seem as big as possible. We want to puff our chest up as much as possible. So that means, you know, we need to be really smart about who we partner with because who you associate with, um, especially in this space, is so important. Like if you if you partner with an asshole, guess what? You're an asshole. Like, and and it's gonna it, it takes a long time to build up a really good reputation, and it literally takes minutes to tear it down. Um, so so that's been. Yeah, so that's been, um, I think that's what we try to do. We look for, you know, people to partner with that we believe have the same, uh, the same ethos, the same, uh, you know, respect for other people. I think that's really important to me. Uh, and, and yeah, we're just trying, um, keep pushing forward and, and just keep moving on. And having like finding people that also like respect other people is like surprisingly hard to do. Like it is so you like I get taken like I get kind of shook sometimes where I'm like, who do you think you're talking to? Like when I'm talking to people like it's just crazy. But OK, so what types of things do people come to you for or what types of things could people come to you for? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I probably shouldn't broadcast this, but typically like I like to, you know, build my network of relationships. So a lot of times I end up just consulting or talking to people for free. Like if anybody's listening to this and you're like, wow, like I really have, you know, this really been thinking about this problem. I don't know how to fix it. Like definitely shoot me an email or, or DM me on Twitter. I always have time for that. Um, but we also, we go through, you know, engineering efforts. We go through, you know, kind of what we've done with you guys, which is, you know, Hey, we want to try and solve this problem. We have this, you know, business goal that we want to achieve. Like, do you have any idea how we could do it? So, um, that's been a big, uh, thing for us. Um, with the Caniverse stuff, it's been really interesting because we got to come in and basically sort of imagine alongside an already 
really successful and thriving business, like, hey, what could we do with this technology? Like, it, you know, if we could build anything, what would it be? And we've just been going through the paces of, of building that thing and, and forming it. And, and we're going to see where it goes. And we're basically, you know, a little startup. We built this little business within a business. So yeah, we're doing, you know, we actually, we work with, uh, with Microsoft and, and other sort of big web two companies to keep the ship afloat and to make sure that we've got engineering work coming through. And so we're doing you know typical web two stuff too. So if anybody has any web two projects, you know, we're not like, we're not web three only. <laughs> we yeah, do it I mean, all. it's important um, but to yeah, do we that. Just, yeah. It's important to keep because there's just not enough. Like you have to keep kind of when you can keep one foot planted in like web two kind of traditional stuff, like even traditional media, like this podcast or whatever, like you can kind of support yourself and, and put yourself in a position to sustain like exploring this completely new market. And so I think that's really genius. Okay. Tell us, this is like a good segue. What is Caniverse? What are you building? What are you doing? Yeah. What's this business? And what is? I want to know everything. Yeah, so Caniverse was, um, you know, when we first started um, in Web3, so we we had a lot of success um, doing the engineering work for a couple of, you know, big NFT projects. And after that, we're like, okay, well, you know, what do we do next? And we had some mutual contacts that, that hooked us up with some really uh, just thriving cannabis brands in, in California. Um, we started talking with them and, and uh, it started off as like, okay, we're going to help them with marketing through Web3. And it really just sort of transformed. Like we've been working on this literally for a year now. Um, and what it has turned into is a way to basically move products on the shelves differently. So we've kind of, we started off as like, okay, we're making an NFT project and it's totally flipped on its head. Like as the market sort of like flipped upside down, we did too. And we just kind of like have been wrestling with it. Um, but at this point, we're building the ultimate cannabis uh, rewards platform and we're using Web3 tech to do that. Um, and it's launching on 420. So on 420, uh, we're putting up a big uh, billboard on Sunset and La Brea in West Hollywood. Nice. Uh, we are distributing um, basically these little redemption codes on 40,000 eighths of cannabis flower across California and Michigan. Um, and essentially, when people come to our site, they're able to sort of redeem these codes. Uh, they receive a really awesome uh, digital collectible version of sort of the the weed that they've smoked. Um, I guess we're kind of like we're almost in weed and pornography now because of the brand that we that we work with. Um, they're called Super it. Dope, and like all of their all of their packaging, it, it's awesome. It's doing so well, but it's like all hentai. So it's like we're like, what are we going to next? Is it like firearms or what? Sexy, um, yes. So, <laughs> Yeah, 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 pretty crazy. Um, but so yeah, we're getting ready for 420. And uh, from there, you know, people are going to earn rewards, we're working through, you know, setting up a, a, a full, it's kind of like Shopify, but but bigger, uh, big online stores so that people can get rewarded just across brands that are part of the, the Caniverse ecosystem. So, so far, we have super dope, high tech, doja, uh, exotics, dispensary and fear of booth. Um, and we're looking to expand, uh, you know, the portfolio and, and they're working alongside us, you know, 50, 50, they're just, they're in it just as much as we are. Uh, and they're focused on, you know, bringing in additional cultivators and figuring out how we, you know, do better stuff in dispensaries. And really it's like, we're not forcing ourselves into the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry has met us like right in the middle. We get to be worried about the tech they get to be worried about, you know, the product and the distribution and we're sort of piggybacking on each other. So it's so cool. So for somebody who doesn't know, like myself, like these businesses and brands that you're partnered with, like Super Dope, you mentioned, these are places where you can, because Calif because weed is legal, like in California, right? And in these places, you can go onto what a website, buy weed from them and have them have it delivered. Or you can go to a shop that they own, buy weed, right? And then what Caniverse is, is like the rewards program. Same as like, if I go to Ulta and buy, you know, Mac and Urban Decay cosmetics and I get points for it. And then those points I can then like convert into something else into dollars off or free gifts or whatever. Am I getting that right? 
Yeah, totally. So, so the first part of like, as you sort of like, you, know, you go into the dispensary and like, okay, well, what do I buy? Like, I see all these products. Maybe I don't know that much about these different brands, but you talk to the bud tender and they're like, okay, well, over there is all the Canaverse branded, uh, you know, cannabis, or you can have, you know, whatever else is over there. But if you get the Canaverse products, you know, basically every time you buy something, you're leveling up. So Canaverse is very space themed. So you're going to start off basically as a cadet. And as you sort of navigate your way through the Canaverse, you're going to be leveling up over time. So you're going from cadet to starship captain to, you know, maybe one day you can be a starship commander. Um, but as you do that, we're basically offering, you know, rewards to these people. So if you become, you know, a Canaverse general, um, you're going to get invited to special events. You're going to receive special rewards from these brands. You're going to get, uh, you know, gift baskets that you can pick up from the local dispensaries. But also, um, we're issuing cannabis, which is our, you know, our native, actually ERC-777 fungible token. It's, you know, it's the next big leap in, in fungible token technology. Wow. Um, but you're going to earn cannabis and, and those cannabis are spendable on our store. So all of our all of the brands that are part of the Canaverse ecosystem are basically going to be listing their inventory of products on our online store. So you can go in, you've been earning cannabis for, for, you know, being a part of the Canaverse. Now you can buy more weed. You have to pick it up at the dispensary. You can't send it in the mail, but um, other stuff like t-shirts and merchandise, a lot of that stuff like that, we can, we'll be shipping. So. Oh my God. It's so cool. I mean, it it's so like, these are the types of things and like applications of nfts where it's like i want to shake people and be like do don't you get it like don't you see like this is it's it's like not reinventing the wheel like these types of reward programs like that's not to diminish what you guys have built because it's fucking sick but like the reward programs loyalty programs loyalty communities already exist and like people already reap the benefits of them so why not just create something that is an on-chain experience that then becomes like you said you're getting like a digital collectible with the types of weed that you get like you're keeping a ledger basically your very own little weed ledger of like the the you're you're building your pro profile your portfolio like the things that you get and then you you earn stuff for doing that like i think it's so just like it is so innovative but it's also like so of course like of course we would build this because this is a system and a process that already works that people have found useful and enjoyed in like web 2 traditional commerce whatever that looks like no, I actually, I don't take offense at all to what you just said. I actually really, I really like it. I think we spend too much time in Web3 just overcomplicating things. And, and to me, part of it is kind of the way, you know, over the last year in the bull market was like all of these projects showed up and, and we just like collectively decided that we're going to build a business. And they're like, what's the business model? Oh yeah, royalties. And then royalties were gone. And it's like, okay, well now it really is about building real business models and for us like I, I love the idea of like like blockchain doesn't have to be more simple than like reward points or it doesn't have to be more simple than like like people talk about like it's all of this like political and like ideological stuff like to me it's like it, it like if you distill blockchain down to anything it's like okay I can get a digital collectible and I can have a secondary market for it where I don't have to go back to the person that distributed. Like I can sell goods just like I could flip sneakers or trading cards or whatever. And it's like, that is so powerful. Like I wish that when I flew, you know, JetBlue Airlines that I could take my rewards points and use it for, you know, Delta or Alaska or yeah. whatever, but I can't because yeah. it's siloed in there. Like I have this, this JetBlue credit card that like I racked up all these points on and now I live in Seattle. <laughs> oh my god the there's no anymore. delta i there wish there, fuck. No, i know Jesus. i i wish i could go on uniswap and get rid of yes i was just of, gonna uh, say that like if there was a bridge where maybe you lose some
or whatever. Like people now, if you're listening to this, you now understand like what it means to bridge tokens and bridge your coins. Like imagine a world where you could take all your Delta points and you could go to a platform and say like, okay, I'm going to basically sell my Delta points in order to get JetBlue points. And the platform would be like, who the platform who has both says like, okay, Carson, we'll do that, but we're going to take our little fee. Okay. I don't give a fuck. Take the fucking, give me my jet blue points. It's like so easy. And I think another piece of it too, is like meeting at people where they're at, like trying to convince somebody that a JPEG is valuable. Yeah. I understand that that's hard. I get that convincing somebody like that a sneaker is valuable less hard still not without its challenges convincing somebody to smoke weed who already smokes weed and to get rewarded from it very low barrier to entry <laughs> like very much like if i'm like yeah. oh wait i'm doing you're asking me to do something that i already do and i'm gonna get rewarded for it cool oh and i'm getting rewarded for it and just the mechanism to reward me or the technology that's using to you know aggregate my rewards is something that's new to me like okay i might be able to get down on this so like that's my next question is how are you like how are pe- how do people get onboarded onto this like what's that process like yeah it's a good question um so one of the things, and, and again, uh, going back to what we were talking about before, about how important it is to choose, you know, when you decide to work with somebody, you need to choose not just for the money, but you want to choose to work alongside smart people because whether or not you have a contract in place, like those are your business partners and you're going to make decisions together. Um, and for us, we turned out to be just so fortunate um, with with our, our partners at, at high tech and super dope because they think along the same lines that we do. Like we started running full steam ahead with, Oh, we're going to do this. And then you're going to connect your wallet and whatever. And they're like, you know what? We hear you. We, we hear what you're saying, but we have to be, uh, we have to be gatekeepers for our customers. We have to support our customers and their customers are not necessarily crypto people that know what MetaMask is or know what Ethereum is or understand, you know, what does it mean to even connect wallets? Like the the customer experience is just terrible. And one of my uh, my favorite comments that that they ever made to me was like, you know what, we 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 love what we're doing here, but we're concerned that this thing is going to be stillborn if we don't figure out a way to make it easier for these customers to onboard. And so they're like, Matt. Um, we need to do custodial wallets. We have to do it. Otherwise, I don't think this is going to work. So we've spent the last couple months essentially, uh, again, going back to AWS, we're leveraging a lot of stuff on AWS so that when somebody signs up for a Canaverse account, they basically create a username and password. We immediately create a wallet for them on Ethereum um, and we manage it for them so that, you know, when they get these codes on their, you know, their eighth of flower, they redeem it and they can choose if they want to, you know, if, if they're a crypto knowledgeable person, they can connect their wallet and do the normal crypto stuff and we'll airdrop these clone NFTs to their wallet. But if they're not, we're basically, we're not even going to really make them, uh, you know, have to know about crypto. They're just going to have their account. We're going to manage their wallet for them in the background. And then someday when they've, you know, they've, they've put on their big boy or big girl uh, crypto pants, then we'll let them export, you know, their keys and, and manage it, you know, in, in the, the way Genius. that uh, the Web3 gods Genius. intended it. Yeah. So for people who don't know, I mean, you did just kind of explain it, but I want to reiterate a custodial wallet is basically like you are the, the platform or like the brand basically holds your wallet for you. Like they hold your keys for you. They keep it safe. All you need is a username and password. Did I like totally oversimplify that or is that good? Because I think people should know that one of the things with crypto wallets is of course you have to have your seed phrase and your keys and all of this. And if you lose it, there's no customer service. There's no recovery. There's no forgot my password. But with Caniverse, if you have your account and you're building up points and then you smoke too many dabs or whatever, 
and you're like, what the fuck is my password again? You can press forgot password and the Caniverse team will get you back into your account. It won't be all lost. That's basically it, right? Yeah, no, I think that's a great summary. You know, there's the famous phrase in, in crypto, which is uh, not your keys, not your crypto. Um, and it's definitely true. So like, you know, with crypto and dealing with blockchain stuff, like your private key, like uh, basically you have a public address that's like your mailbox and you know, people know that, that that's you, that's your identity. And then you have this private key and that's your thing that you use to do stuff on the blockchain. It unlocks this, it unlocks that. If it's you like your social security number. Else, you know, you right. got to use... Yeah, you have to keep it safe. You have to keep it locked away. You can't let somebody else have your private key. And, um, you know, the Caniverse custodial wallet, it really means that, like, we're layering on all of this account stuff so that people that are familiar with, you know, what does it mean? Like, they can log in with their Facebook account and have access to their Caniverse, you know, custodial wallet. Um, you know, we're going to have multi-factor and all of this stuff. It's not intended to be a vault. It's not intended to be, you know, the most secure place ever to have your crypto. It's meant to be, you know, sort of, um, you know, a little bit of a handicap to help guide these people in and help them, you know, sort of mature in the space and, and then eventually, you know, kind of move on and, and move their assets out. This is but perfect. Yeah, it's, just, it's just sort of streamlining. I love it. So what does just out of my own curiosity, because I'm thinking about like, you know, Reddit and Starbucks and like there are brands like there are definitely heritage legacy brands, whatever you want to call them that are introducing and initiating this like rewards program that happens through like an on chain kind of mechanism. But I wanted to ask, like, are you guys calling this? Are you calling these NFTs? Are you calling these digital like what are what's the what's the vocabulary for people who are not, you know, who are not in their big boy or big girl crypto pants? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I know that NFT is such a like, well, to some people, it's like a dirty word these days. You know, for us, it is an NFT like, you know, it, 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 I think it's going to be important. Like, yes. Our goal is to abstract the complexities of Web3 away, the things that make it really not fun or that make it really dangerous. But we still have an educational goal here. Like if more people walk like like I think about Caniverse in terms of like there's like 20 different ways that we win this game. Like, yeah, everybody wants the moonshot. It's like, oh, my God, like that'd be crazy if we made a lot of money. Like, cool. But also, <laughs> there are be awesome? of like, yeah, yeah be like so that would cool be so if we got cool. paid for the work that we've like, done. Yeah. It would be so yeah, fucking like, cool. Be, wow, yeah, like that would be a big win. That would be a big win. But also, like, it would be cool to me if like people sign up for Caniverse accounts and they use it, and people are like, hey, like I really like using the Caniverse. Or like, what's coming next? Like that would be a win for me. Or if people walk away and they're like, you know what? I never gave a shit about crypto, but I gave a shit about weed. And then my weed maybe gave a shit about crypto. And now I understand it. Now all these other good things came into my life. Like that would be cool to me. So, um, yeah, the, I think there's a, there's a lot of ways to win this, but, um, we're calling them the NFTs that come with the, the packaging. Those are clone NFTs essentially. And, and I'm not going to try to explain why they're called clones in detail, but essentially it's because you basically have, uh, this mother plant and they clip pieces of the mother. Oh, plant. I tried to grow. Clones of- I tried to grow weed in college. <laughs> I know what a fucking clone is. <laughs> yeah yeah so, i'm an so entrepreneur remember and... i'm an entrepreneur at heart <laughs> that's that's great I, I never grew weed in college but i i made prison wine under my my dorm bed so jesus did, yeah. that's, that's like kidding. more that's like more taboo actually than trying yeah, to yeah, grow yeah. weed <laughs> actually yeah that's really worse yeah so like, yeah get a, fa- get a fucking like fake id plants. yeah why did you just get a fake id <laughs> ask somebody else to buy it for you nope had to make it a a good old toilet wine under the bed prison (laughs) wine okay carry on exactly yeah exactly yeah but uh they're called clones because of the clippings and so um we're calling them clone nfts it's really i think it comes down to like there are certain pieces of terminology that are really important you know in in cannabis cultivation and and to these guys like they have a love for what they do like they are you know 
they're the best in the world at what they do and, and they love it. And so they're clone NFTs. Um, you know, we could call them clone digital collectibles, but you know, it's kind of a, a lot to spit out and doesn't fit as easily on the uh on the stickers. So I'm trying to like I'm I'm going into like my copywriter brain and I'm trying to like think of new um words for like the acronym nft i'm like never forget token or like never (laughs) like i'm gonna i'm gonna keep working on it i'm gonna keep just mulling it over for you guys (laughs) yeah maybe you come up with the you know the new word i don't know like if people people still like turn off when somebody says nft like i know you can't really like say nft at a party of like non-crypto people like i know that's not cool right now or yeah, this is just, uh, well, I just I think like up. at least the value proposition is there of like you're not trying to convince somebody to buy like a board ape or something like at a party you're like oh no I just smoke my weed and then I get these points and then these yeah these are these are given to me via NFTs but then I convert them into real things like more fucking weed so. Yeah, I think like that's like slightly more acceptable than like shilling board apes at parties. But like I can still like as soon as I talk about this, people are like, so do you have a job or like? <laughs> and you're like, like I do today. You're like, today Don't know I do. About talk tomorrow. to me next week, baby. Yeah, tune in exactly, next week. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? I'm so happy to hear from you. I'm also a little bit like, fuck you, because I know it's going to be successful, and you're supposed to be, <laughs> you're supposed to be my go-to devs. And the biggest thing about success means more work to come. So I'm just certain this will be the last time we talk. Unfortunately, that's just how I'm feeling. Leaving I, this, I will. We'll make sure that that's not the case. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it turns out well and we're able to keep growing. And, uh, you know, you guys are always um, you know, really important to us. And, and we want to, we, we fucking love Jeeves. Just one of my first, uh, one of my first NFT collections. Like, it's like, yeah, uh, you guys always have a special place in we my We love heart. it. Well, we hopefully someday, like <clears throat> the world will become privy to like all of the things that we have, like, I like to think we didn't like scrap them, but like they're just kind of left to be determined because like, you know, the ideas of like the things that we've built, which like for people, so people know, um, Young World helped Kid8's um, e-commerce platform, gvils.com to incorporate a token gated purchasing mechanism and claim. So this is, it was another app that was already built. But again, as we've mentioned, just because things are made quote unquote easy, (laughs) you know, if you're not a developer, you might still find them hard and we're not. Um, But the things that like we have had the vision to build, like to have these like staking wars with teams and like badges and build our own micro marketplace and to build our own just like ecosystem that doesn't rely on like OpenSea or blur or looks rare these other platforms like those are visions that we've had for over a year now and they're the types of things that like we know the young world knows how to build (laughs) we know what it takes to build them but at this point like are they worth it when we're still in the stage of needing to convince people that a loyalty program (laughs) that uh, for something that they're already buying is a good gateway into web three like when that becomes like you know when that is just like easily palpable and like digestible and people are like yeah of course every pro every brand that i use every product that i use they all have these reward systems that Canaverse fucking built the blueprint for. Once we get there, then we're really going to be able to start building awesome shit together as well. So it's all a matter of time. I I think the thing, the thing to remember too, I think we get kind of caught up in like, you know, the, the art in web three is, is like the only form of art, but like what you guys are doing too is, is incredibly important. Like you're, you, you know, it's important to fail fast and fail often. Like, you know, you guys are building stuff and trying new things and being experimental and like, that can be art too. Like engineering can be art. Like the things that we're doing, it's all experimental and just trying things and seeing how the market reacts. And so it's not failure. You're just collecting data. Um, so you guys are doing awesome and, and we just all need to, you know, we all just need to be lunatics, honestly, like mm-hmm. wake up every day and fail and fall on our faces and then just get up and do it again. <laughs>
hundred percent. Well, okay. So this episode, I'm going to like work the calendar a bit and I will have this air as close to 420 as possible. Um, we're going to have this episode air right before then. So people can go and be a part of it. Tell me, like, do, are you guys having a kickoff party? Are you having a launch event? Like, where can people register? Where can they RSVP? How can they get involved? People who are in California, is there opportunity for people who are not in California to be involved? Like, what's that look like? Tell us everything. Give us the final details before we wrap up. Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest thing is going to be sort of this slow trickle out across products in California and Michigan. So, yeah, like the, the first part of it is sort of, you know, collecting these things, going to Caniverse.io and signing up for account. But we have the beauty of Web3 here, which is, you know, there's going to be a secondary market for these things. Like there are multiple ways to become a Starship captain in the Caniverse. Yes, you can go and, and buy cannabis and benefit from it. But, you know, maybe you want to just go buy some clones on, on OpenSea and rank up that way. So there's there's a lot of different ways to participate. Um, but definitely, you know, going to Caniverse.io. Um, 420. We've got the old site up now that's uh, it's being totally overhauled and, and, and big things are coming. So don't look at it yet till 420. Don't go there uh, now. Well, four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go there now. But uh, but when 420 rolls around, you know, definitely sign up for an account, get on our email list, and uh, we're going to be throwing a lot of events. But right now it's, it's head down building. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see you on 420. Hell yeah, we'll see you on 420. Well, thank you so much matt you're so awesome i'm so like i'm always so proud to associate with with the young world guys with you guys i'm always excited to see what you are putting out into the world what you're building working on excited for our future of working together hopefully soon i'm gonna be knocking down the door because we've got some ideas that may or may not come to life but we at least will have the call (laughs) and yeah just appreciate you it's been a good chat Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a great time. This has been another devastatingly iconic episode of the Carson Daily Show. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carson Daily and follow the show's dedicated Instagram at Carson Daily Show. And follow this podcast channel so you get new episode notifications. Please rate me five stars also so I can brag to my producers. And remember, you can't go a week in crypto without me. Carson Daily Show is a Decentral Media production written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.